Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi, and with me, as always, almost always, is Armin Navabi. Armin, how are you today? Good. How are you? I am really good. Thank you very much. And so, you know, we're going to get right into it today. We're talking about something that is absolutely fascinating, what's happening with right now uh, around the world, and that is Iran. And we're going to be talking about the future of Iran. Luckily, we have Armin Navabi here. Armin Navabi is an Iranian-Canadian uh, activist who is um, who has a lot of contacts, actually, in Iran, who he speaks to regularly. So he has a lot of um, perspectives on the situation there that you may not hear at other places. So I, I think that that's going to be really, really interesting to get into. So here's the update. Recently, there was the 42nd anniversary of Iran's 1979 revolution. It's been 42 years since that happened. And the president, current president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani, uh, urged the United States to restore the 2015 nuclear deal, the deal that um, essentially Trump tore apart and got everybody out of. Uh, so now Iran is wanting to restore it. And they're saying uh, they're, they're, they want an end to the sanctions. Right now, the sanctions are really, really crippling them. And they're saying they've actually said, quote, diplomacy is the only way forward. Now, this was Rouhani's last speech before the election in June. So Rouhani has completed his full term as president, this two terms as president. So there will be a new successor that he's going to have after the June elections. Uh, so this is the last speech of this kind that he's going to give. And at the same time, Iran's intelligence minister, right, is a man named Mahmoud Alavi, or Alavi, uh, warns that Iran is going to proceed with making a nuclear weapon. They actually openly said they will make a nuclear weapon if these sanctions remain in place. And what's more is the, the Inter International Atomic Energy Agency, or the IAEA, uh, has now confirmed that Iran is um, now it has begun to product uh, to produce uranium metal. So there's a new administration right now in the U.S. The Biden administration uh, they've been kind of cautious about this. They're a little hesitant about returning to things the way that they were because things are very different. You know now you have Israel's alliances with uh, a lot of the uh, Arab nations like the UAE and Sudan and um, Bahrain and you know the lifting of uh, airspace restrictions over Saudi Arabia. And so on. So there's a lot of things that have completely changed since uh, the Iran deal, the Obama's Iran deal, uh, was actually inked. And and so the, these are really interesting developments. And you know, of course, we've had the 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 killing of Soleimani. We've had the assassination of the uh, the nuclear scientist. Um, Fakhrizade. Yeah. So uh, there have been a lot of things that are different. Why is so? Let's start with this. The Iran deal, Trump ripped it up. You know, you would expect that Biden might want to restore it. Why is the Biden administration 
hesitant or slow to get back into the Iran deal. What's going on, Armin? Okay, there's so much going on. I don't even know where to start right now. Okay, that's why that's that that was the whole purpose of the primary. I'm really, really, really fascinated by this. I'm interested right. to see what's going to happen. Can you add to your summary before we go to the analysis? The what was said in the interview by um, the intel uh, by Iran's um, head of intelligence agency, the Alawi guy. That, well, I mean, yeah, because that is like you want to maybe we should start with that, get dive into that because that interview live on Iranian TV was earth shattering for two reasons one for internally, one externally. Will you want to? I don't you want to well, give the date on what that when that happened and what was the significance of it? No, I actually I don't have that off the top of my head, so I'm right. gonna let you do that. But I want to say the one thing that I think that's really significant about this is I, I don't think. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Iran has actually openly said that they're building a nuclear weapon ever. Until now. Until now. And then this guy, right, and this, is, this isn't just, <laughs> this isn't, yeah. this isn't yeah. just any dude, right? This is like Iran's intelligence chief, right? This Mali is like Khamenei. the head of, this is kind of like uh, the head of CIA. In like the head of the CIA, right? He comes out and he says, if the sanctions remain in place, Iran will make a nuclear weapon. So he's saying that outright. This has never been said by anybody in Iran before. And if you're not shocked by this, is because you're so naive to think like, well, of course they're building a nuclear weapon. Like you have no idea how, like if you're like, well, of course, of course, that's what I assumed I wanted to do. So you are like so naive. You have not been following anything. If you're not like, you, you if you don't understand how earth shattering this is, right? Because this is... Um, the, the Islamic Republic for the past, I don't know, how many years has it been since the beginning of the nuclear deal and before it? They're like, yeah, we want nuclear energy for peaceful reasons, right? We even had uh, Khamenei uh, issuing a fatwa. What year was that? Um, that was, that was, well, yeah, I forgot when. That was like uh, many, many years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, he came out and said he issued a fatwa. Uh, I think it was in 2000. Uh, that was against building nuclear weapons, right? Yeah, against the nuclear weapons. Saying, because that's saying, not what saying, they do. Saying that this is haram. Yeah. Right? Um, official, okay, so apparently started in 2013. Officially, he's... Okay, I'm going to look when, what year was this, right? But yeah. he officially issued a fatwa. That's a huge deal. Um for you know, as somebody, a supreme leader, a supreme religious leader, that his word is like the word of God, saying having nuclear weapons is haram, right? So this is like a competition between Taqiyya and Fatwa right now. We don't know which one is struck. <laughs> Apparently, the Taqiyya, these are Shias. Shias do Taqiyya. Apparently, we learned that 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 doesn't mean that they're not going to have the nuclear weapon because because every single person that has been defending Iran's side, not just Iran's government, right, but um, not just the Islamic Republic itself, but every other Westerner, um, liberals, leftists, even conservatives who are saying, like, defending, like, oh, yeah, Iran is doing this for peaceful reasons. They constantly focus on how, they, even even Kerry, right, uh, focus, like, use this uh, fatwa by Khamenei to be like, look, this is Khamenei speaking. They can't go back on this. Like, this is a fatwa, right? Like, this man's word is the word of God. 
uh, like it's treated like the word of God in by uh, the government in Iran. So if he says this is haram, like they, they basically tied their own hands. Like there's no way to undo this. And Iran, Iran's government, I have to say Iran's government, not Iran. Iran's government has been insisting for years now that they're nev they never want a nuclear weapon. This has nothing to do with having a nuclear weapon. I mean, we have been saying that is a lie because, um, and we even have like recordings apparently now to show that we were right. Um, I mean, our assumption was that they don't want to have a nuclear weapon. They just want to be two steps away from having one so that if they ever need one, they could go from not having one to having one. That gives you, that being in that situation gives you the best of both worlds. It gives you the, the, the deterrent, um, you know, uh, power of having a nuclear weapon, but it also has all the uh, claims of uh, we we want nuclear energy for peaceful purposes. All the benefits of having international relationships of not having a nuclear uh, weapon. So if you could have, if you could be in a limbo situation that you don't have it, but you could have it in a moment's notice, uh, that's that would be the ideal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently we were like ga game theory wise, that was the best situation to be. And given recent information coming out uh, from you know um, from Mossad's intelligence shows that we were right about that right uh but now this is like a major escalation because this is a shock to me because even if they wanted that that in secret coming out and publicly on live tv and announcing to the world like hey you know what yes our our, our leader our supreme leader issued a fatwa and said that this is haram and all and we will never do this but what he's what he specifically said that is if we get cornered, if you corner a cat in um, and the cat has he specifically said a cat, right? Um, in a, and the, the, the cat doesn't have any option. The cat might do some crazy things that it's not the, it's not a, the cat's fault if the cat does some crazy things uh, that you pressure push them into. I don't I, again, this is not my I, if the analogy is stupid, it's not my analogy. It's his well, analogy. It's, it's a, Iran's a cat, but let me read the quote actually. Okay, okay, okay. Read it in English. So this is what Alavi said. He said, uh, our nuclear program is a peaceful program. And the Supreme Leader clearly said in his fatwa that producing nuclear weapons is against religious law and the Islamic Republic will not pursue it and considers it forbidden. But let me tell you, if you corner a cat, it might behave differently than a cat roaming free. If they push Iran in that direction, it would not be Iran's fault, but the fault of those who pushed Iran. Right. So we have, the, for the first time, the head of Iran's intelligence agency live on national TV threatening the world with nuclear with a nuclear weapon. This is coming from inside Iran and not just like this random general or this other staff member of Zarif, Zarif's department or something like that. This is the head of Iran's intelligence agency. Okay? I, 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 I want to say Iran, like current estimates show that Iran's about two years away uh, from making a nuclear weapon. Um, that's according to Israel. That's according to Israel. And Israel's been, I don't know, Netanyahu has been talking about that since the 90s. They're one year away. They're two years away. There's four years away. He's been going on and on and on the, the whole time. But so so here's the thing. So the question was, you know, why why is everyone sort of, um, why are they waiting on this? Why are they still hesitant to act, right? Especially the Biden administration. Well, I think it's because it clearly shows weakness. Like it's, it's yeah. look, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of times that I guess uh, the U.S. did cause, did call Iran's bluff, 
So one thing that we learned through the Trump administration, right? Whatever his motivations, but I think that this was useful to learn, is that you could really go and provoke them in a massive way, and they just don't retaliate. Like they killed Soleimani. Okay, they killed Soleimani. He was like a hero. He's an icon in Iran, right? It's like killing a, a, just a major. They just the U.S. just went in and assassinated him. They killed him, and the response of it, like they, you, we remember the response. But this is barely anything. It's like a ceremonial bombing, and you know they warned them ahead of time, and is nothing. Iran didn't do anything. Then this guy, Fakhrizadeh, right, did that. Nothing, right? And, and now what's happening, right, is is that they they want the deal back. They want that deal back, and they're saying, "Yeah, we won't do that. Time. Just please take off the sanctions. Take off the sanctions, right?" Otherwise, get, they're, they're flailing around. They're flailing around. There's a so there has to be. It's it's just bizarre to me that Iran's kind of it's 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 so obvious that they're showing weakness to me. It's just really strange. And, and what are they thinking when they're doing this? Are they just desperate and they have no choice? The yeah. cat cornered. Yeah, so um, I can give you, let me see, I just made a list while you were talking, seven possible reasons why Biden is not going all in with like, hey, let's get back to the deal, okay? Again, these are things as they are right now, um, things might change, okay? Very fast. Things are, things are, ever since Biden was like, became president things have been moving really really fast okay like things that i thought like we're gonna see on year one year two year three they're just like we're seeing it happening on week one week two week three <laughs> so and, and they've been pleasantly surprising right like, pleasantly surprising yes this is this also a lot of people thought like biden is just gonna like bend over backwards to get like with with iran's to get back into the deal and it has it so far it seems like it has been the opposite, right? So um, <laughs> this is actually, all right, so before I give you the maybe the seven reasons, um, you know, B Biden was asked outright, like, are you going to go back to the deal um, unless Iran makes the first move and go abides by the agreement? And Biden said, no, like, like just as short as just like, nope, we're not going to do it. And I was like, what? Like, so, but like, this is, this is like so shocking to so many people because a lot of people's understanding was like, okay, Iran was abiding by the deal. Iran's government. Every time I say Iran, just say Iran's government. Okay. And United States under Trump pulled out. So this is United States fault. So they need to come back in uh, without expecting anything from Iran, Iran's government. Right. And Biden is like, nope, we're not going to do that. You have to go back to uh, because Iran start, Iran's government started pulling out out of like started enriching again, um, and like getting closer and closer, like passed some laws in their Congress to show that they're moving away from the deal um, and get enriching more and more, and basically trying to have get to a position that made them look tougher, that make Biden uh, make Biden think like, okay, like they have more to more levers to pull against Biden but like look we're like huh oh, we're moving away give us remove the sanctions uh, or else like you're gonna be like Biden is like trying to not flinch right so this is like a game of chicken being played with Biden and Biden is like yeah I'm not gonna play your game uh, which is amazing 
but so a lot of people are like, yeah, Biden, you need to go back to the deal without any, any asking for anything. You guys pulled out. You guys need to go back in. And Biden's like, no, you guys have to make the first move. Uh, you guys have to go back abiding by everything in the deal before we we can talk. And <laughs> it's very interesting because um, yeah, I, I have to, like, okay, so the reasons might be is because it seems like Iran's government was trying to bully Biden into a position for them to go back to the deal fast. Like, like Iran's government, government wasn't saying come back to the deal. Iran's government was like, you have two weeks. And Biden's administration was like, we're in no rush. Um, we have, we, we can wait. We can wait to see how you guys behave. And we're like, no, if you don't do it, like Iran's government, like you have to don't do this now. This is an opportunity lost for you guys. And Biden administration is like, nope, nope. We're gonna, this is, we're good right now. We're, we could like, we can wait. We can see what, what's gonna happen. So I think one might be like, because Iran was, Iran's government was trying to act tough and all. And I think like uh, Biden's administration was accused a lot before the election, that they're going to be weak compared to Trump's aggression and stuff. And I think Biden is like sh uh, showing that, no, we're not going to be bullied around. Yes, we want to go back. We want to do undo a lot of the things that Trump did, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be like weak um, against um, our enemies, right? So that might, might be one reason. One other reason why it might be because the Iran's missile program, a lot of people, I mean, as much as a lot of people, even so many people that think, uh, Obama's deal with Iran was like really good. Um, even those people think like maybe it should have included the missile programs and stuff like that. Like some people, some people, um, the Trump administration's criticism uh, of Obama's deal, some people that are not with Trump administration and are even anti-Trump think like, yeah, that's like letting Iran get away with that is too much, right? So I think Biden's there are again inside the Biden's administration, there's a lot of competing thoughts as well. But there are some people that think, like, you know, now that we pulled out of it, if we want to go back in, maybe we should try to push for like getting Iran's missile program in as well. So there's that element as well. Another element is that uh, Europe seems to be becoming more and more aggressive against Iran's government. Uh, and Biden really values uh, international relations and moving in, like moving alongside other countries when they're taking positions, like unlike Trump, like, oh, America, America alone, America first. Um, Biden really wants to focus on maintaining that international relationship with United States allies. And it seems like France and Germany are becoming really, really aggressive against uh, Iran. Because Iran's government was trying to like act tough to get Biden to bend the knee. But not only it's not getting Biden to bend the knee, it seems like by acting all tough, it's using a lot of its Europeans. And, you know, uh, the Europeans countries are feeling more um, free to act aggressive against Iran because Trump is not there anymore. So it's not it doesn't seem like they are working with Trump on this, right? Um, and Biden wants to be on the same wavelength with these other countries, maybe. So especially France now that is saying like, oh, yeah, by the way, if we're going back to the nuclear deal, Macron is saying we should include Israel and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like, Iran's government is like, what? If Macron, did you hear that, Ali? Macron was like, we need to include 
we need to include Israel and Saudi Arabia yeah. in negotiation, in the new negotiation. And Iran's government is like, what is what is happening? What is happening? Like you guys I, pulled out, you guys just come back. What are you talking about? Just come back right in. No, no, I know that and you should go on with the rest of the reasons because this is totally fascinating. But I just don't think, I mean, I think the Biden administration knows they right. know that the deal has to be different. They know that they're they have more of an upper hand than they did before. Right. Okay. And and they know that the sanctions are really crippling i mean remember it was the sanctions in the first place that got iran to make the first nuclear deal too right it got, it got iran there and it got iran to agree to it now um not only do they have more leverage over iran not only do they, does israel have all of these incredible economic alliances with the the richest the, the most economically powerful uh arab countries in the region and that's been a recent development so it's it's not just that, but Iran has also shown its weaknesses. Iran has also shown that it is not going to retaliate, even if you kill, you know, one of its top military people like Soleimani. It's not going to uh, really. It, there's not much that it can do. Those weaknesses are apparent. You know, the, the mm -hmm. fact that Iran bluffs a lot is apparent, and you have these new alliances. So I think that the Biden administration would be ridiculous for them to go back. Like I think if they went and they called Obama, like, what do you think we should do? Obama would probably say, yeah, I, I, I don't think. I think, you know, you got to negotiate a whole new deal with them now. You got to do a whole new thing because the, the whole paradigm has shifted. The whole geopolitical right. paradigm in that region, like it's com completely different now than it used to be four years ago. And a lot of that right. is actually thanks to Trump. Yeah, yeah I actually, I was just going to say doing, that. But I was just going to say that because it's like, if you actually notice to Biden's administration's criticism of the, what of everything that Trump left behind includes a lot of things. But it doesn't include <laughs> Trump's maximum pressure on Iran's government and the deal be between like Saudi Arabia and Israel and UAE's um, getting close to each other. You don't see that much of a pushback against that. Like it seems like Biden's administration is gonna is like gonna take full it's advantage. Huge. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not just them. Sorry to interrupt this, but. But okay, so listen. There's the the election. I I mentioned there's an election happening in June. You know, Rouhani's term is almost up. Yeah, so his new successor that. will almost certainly be Hossein Degan. Why is he going to be the Hossein Degan? Am I pronouncing well, it right? I mean, well, because I mean, he's the only one running, right? We're 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 gonna get okay. But actually, before we get to the election, because I have the upcoming elections on my note to get oh, to, because that, that no, also no, that's fine. I I just want to quote something he said. This actually came out just uh, I think yesterday is that uh, he came out, this guy who said they got the, the candidate, uh, he said that Biden's policies are the same as Trump's, okay? He, he said that. Hassan Rouhani, right, the current president, came out, condemned Joe Biden, saying, well, we've seen no goodwill. I mean, there's no change in the thing. Biden's policy is pretty much the same as Trump. And they're right. They're right. right. Like well, Biden, the Biden administration is pretty much at this point the fundamental aspects of the learnings from the Trump policy, they're they're kind of carrying that forward, at least until now. Well, I mean, they, they're not carrying it forward. They're taking advantage of what Trump did. Well, because, okay. Yes, yeah. okay, that's a better way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Because Iran, uh, Iran's government is uh, desperate right now, and that was another reason. And because Iran's government is desperate, um, and they're losing hope in Biden, um, 
that's one re and and the Biden administration see that. And when when your opponent is weak, you ask for more. A lot of people think like, oh, this is unfair. This is unfair. Iran was complying to the deal. It was the United States that pulled out. So if they're going back to the deal, why they're asking for more? Why are they not just jumping right into it? Why are they waiting for Iran to stop? Um, to comply by the deal before the United States go back. Well, who who said this has to be fair? Who said this has to be fair? Um, you your enemy is weak, and you take advantage. You ask for more. Uh, Trump uh, did many mistakes. This is something right now that you could that could work in your advantage. Okay. Um, another reason, uh, Biden. By the way, my, by the way, everything we say right now, I just want to say might change. Over one thing, like it could be like there could be one attack on United States embassy in Baghdad, or could, the Houthis might do something crazy uh, in Hormuz, and all of this could might turn on its head. Okay, we're just talking about things that as they are right now. Okay, uh, this another thing is uh, Biden. So Biden, I mentioned it. He, he seems to be very much focusing on valuing international relationships, right? And so if Europe is moving towards them being more aggressive against the Islamic Republic, Biden wants to be with that. Another thing Biden values a lot, given that he was in the Senate and he is the Senate, okay? <laughs> he really much values the Senate and the way, um, and the Senate is not very pro this deal. And if they want to support uh, Biden and his deal, they want a lot of things from the deal, a lot more than they what the deal was asking from Iran's government before. Um, so that's like that's uh, and Biden really values the Senate and really listens to wants to do this in partnership with the Senate. So that's another uh, reason why Biden is not jumping uh, with two feet into this deal. Um, I do. Uh, at some point, like let me, let me know if you, there are some things, some other things you want to say because I do want to jump back into some. Um, you know, we're we're talking right now about the internal politics within the Biden administration, and I do want to uh, do a little bit uh, of a dig deeper into that because there are within Biden administration itself there is some internal struggle over how um, how this deal should look like. And how how the Biden administration should behave, but also within Iran's uh, politics, there's a, a lot more internal struggle, which a lot of them have become apparent uh, quite recently. Uh, so I don't know which direction you want to go into, but I'm going to let you speak for a while before I go. Yeah, no, actually, go ahead and continue. I'm actually curious about. Well, first of all, I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the way that these guys are talking when they're saying that okay, that the Biden is just continuing what Trump is going to do. And if they want to get back into the deal, we need guarantees that they're not going to violate it the way they did last time and all this. They're acting like Biden is, the Biden administration wants to go back to the deal the way that it was. Um, mm -hmm. th that's the way that, that's what Iran's rhetoric right now seems. That, hey, well, if you want the deal again, hey, we'll give it to you, but we need guarantees. Right. It's always making it seem like the Biden administration wants to go back into the deal exactly the way that it was. Yeah. And, and to be clear, the Biden administration can uh, get go back like this. Like all the Biden administration needs right now to go back is a, 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 a few executive orders and everything Trump did would disappear. 
they could do that. Like they don't need anything, but they're not doing that. So that's amazing that they're not that, doing that's, that. That's, that's, that's not. <laughs> right? Why? So this is all just bravado on Iran's part. The rhetoric. Um, okay. No, that's what they thought they're going to, they thought that they, this is going to be quick because they're so desperate for money right now uh, that they want the sanctions to be removed quickly. So they were before they were like prepared, like they thought they saw a Biden administration coming. So they were like, let's make, let's um, become a bit more aggressive, um, both when it comes to foreign policy and also enriching uranium, so that when the Biden administration comes, we have like a good hand, like we're we're negotiating with the Biden administration from a much stronger position, and they they will be desperate for us to stop enriching uranium. They would be desperate for us to just and be like, okay, cool, please, 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 let's go back to the deal. And they're like, no, only if you remove all the sanctions, right? Uh, mm. And that's not that's not working out for them. The problem is that. Um, right now we have I Iran's okay. So <laughs> this is it's very interesting because Zarif. Okay, let me let me uh, tell you a, a lot of people when it comes to Iran's politics, a lot of people see two groups of uh, two forces, which is the reformists and the um, radical. What do you call the uh, the fundamentalists? Right, hardliners. Uh, Hardliners, yeah, that's a better term. Hardliners versus reformists, uh, and then the people, the, like that's how everyone, most people see it. It's so, like it, the people which are hate both of them, and then you have the reformists and you have the hardliners, right? Um, and there's a huge struggle between the reformers and the hardliners. However, it's not like that anymore. The reformers are becoming more and more irrelevant. Uh, when it comes to power, especially when it comes to this upcoming election, it seems like they're going to be losing. Um, and everyone hates them. The hardliners hate them, and the people hate the reformists, right? Uh, so the the more interesting struggle that is coming up is the struggle within hardliners, uh, which I get back to in uh, soon. Um, but so if you think about the presidency right now, which is Rouhani, Rouhani and all his administration represents they're reformist, right? So, and Khamenei um, and everybody and the IRGC, they represent the hardliners, right? Uh, so when you had this, uh, so, so the two main guys that is relevant for us today is Zarif and Alawi, okay? Zarif is Iran's foreign minister, and because he's a minister, obviously he is part of the Rouhani, part of, picked by the president, part of the government. And that means he's part of the reformists, right? So, and again, this is gives him so much detail. So he's one of the ones that both the people hate and the hardliners hate because he's one of the Rouhani's administration, right? Part of the Rouhani administration. Um, so he came out recently and he just said that, hey, how about Iran, like, uh, Iran's government and U.S. government go back to the deal at the same time. And he was like, he was destroyed from all sides, right? Because Khamenei came out. I don't This is very interesting because it shows, it make it screams, hey, internal conflicts, like advertising internal conflict within Iran's government to the whole wor world. Because Khamenei came out and said, no, screw that. Uh, we're not going to jump into the deal at the same time. 
United States has to come uh, has to come back to the deal, remove the sanctions, and he and guarantee that what Trump did will never happen again. Like have something that show that this will never happen again, and only if. We feel comfortable with everything that the Biden administration is doing. Then maybe we'll go back to the deal. Okay. So Zarif like was ridiculed. Like, look, you're you're saying you're saying like the foreign policy. The foreign minister is like nothing. Like in Iran, the foreign minister has no influence over foreign policy. It's Khamenei is a supreme leader, and it's IRGC. It was Qasem Soleimani, uh, and basically. Uh, Khamenei, who you know, used to be Rasim Suleiman, uh, that decided foreign policy. Like his irrelevancy was advertised to the world. Like, he came like, oh yes, yes, yes. I meant that I was like, he tried to like back. It was too late, but he tried to like uh, step back from that. Uh, but Biden also is saying that yes, screw that, Khamenei. We're not. Not only we're not going to move forward and remove like remove the sanctions and come back to the deal and comply with everything ahead of you and then signal to you that it's so okay for you to come back to the deal. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do it at the same time as you either. We're going to wait for you for you to first comply to the deal. And then after you comply with everything to the deal, we're going to come back to the deal. So now you have Khamenei saying this, like, no, no, Americans have to do it first. And Biden saying, like, no, the Iran's government has to do it first. The problem is that the Biden administration is more flexible in changing things than Khamenei, because when Khamenei, as a supreme religious leader of a country, comes and says that this is how it's going to be, that means this is how it's going to be. Like, there's no changing that, right? This is the this is like like is is revelation from God or something, right? Like again, that's not what they say, but that's how it's treated, right? He can't. Khamenei doesn't come out ever come say like, "Hey, I was wrong." Like that doesn't happen, right? So it's like kind of like tight. Like he just comes and says things, just like his vaccine policies. Like, oh, we're never going to bring vaccines from United States and Britain. Like, there's no way to undo that. Like, you just basically tied Iran's foreign policy's hand behind their back. Like, everybody, like, this is the new reality. I so, mean, so wait, so just really, really quickly. So this is a stalemate. A yes. stalemate right now is is that Iran is saying that lift the sanctions and we'll go back to the deal, and mm -hmm. the U.S. and the Biden administration saying, oh. No, if you want sanction relief, go back to the deal first. Yes, yes, it's basically both sides are saying you first, right? Right, right. But but the thing is that with with Biden, I mean, the Iran. If I'm Iran, right, I'm thinking, I'm like, you're the guys who violated it. You're the guys who right. pulled out, and you come back in first. But um, he's saying no. He's like, no, no, no go back to the yeah. Deal. Yeah, so it seems a, unfair. That, that it seems unfair. But I don't care if you're being unfair against the Islamic Republic. If you're being unfair against the Islamic Republic, I'm like, good, good. That means you're doing something right. And, okay? and when you're talking about reviving the nuclear deal, we're not really reviving it. They're, they're actually trying to get Iran. I mean, they're going to go back to the negotiating table, right? They're yeah, going they want to more. And, and Iran's government is redraft. like, yeah, and Iran's government is like, negotiating what? We already negotiated. We have everything. Just go back to the deal that we have. That's what the Iran government was. So, like, so yeah. So, so basically, Biden's so the Biden administration saying no. Um, okay. We're not going to lift sanctions unless you go back to the deal. So, supposing Iran goes back to the deal, they're like, oh, thank you. Okay, now we're going to start talking about lifting sanctions, and yes. now let's negotiate <laughs> a new deal, right? And yeah. that, that's so that's what's going to happen, and they're going to do it because they can. 
Yes, because they can, right? Okay. So I, I really like the, uh, what Biden administration is doing right now. I just hope they don't change it, right? They're like really pushing Iran's government around right now. And I, I, I hope... think it's perfect. Yes, right? yes. Perfect. I just hope they don't change it. A lot of people think like this is like a window of opportunity that Biden administration is going to lose before the election because right now the only, the main people that were, that are like desperately pushing for Iran to like bend the knee a little bit are the reformists, right? Khamenei is like the, the the hardliners, the IRGC and Khamenei, they're like, they are the ones that are making things difficult for the reformers, keep, keep telling the Americans, you first, because the reformers are like, hey, can we do this at the same time? Uh, the hardliners are like, no, them first, right? So, but now we're gonna lose the reformist element pretty soon. After the upcoming Iran election, both the gov both the government, both the presidency, and the supreme leader, everything is going to be hardliner. So a lot of people are saying that if Biden administration meets loses this opportunity, this small window to deal with the reformists, um, then it's going to be impossible after the election. However, that might, the response to that is like the fact that you think that the reformers have any say it's a joke anyways like nothing is going to change the reformers have no say anyway like before the election after the election nothing is going to change right but some other people are like saying well if the presidency comes and they're hardliners as well and they're they're very aggressive about what they want from the uh, tr uh from the biden administration um as much as like as much as the presidency, it makes it very difficult for Biden administration to go back to the deal. And actually, th that's good. That makes that mean that means that the Biden administration has more of an excuse to to show people how unreasonable Iran's government is being, right? Um, yeah. So I do I, I do want to mention some some bigger signals because again, this whole harmony the the hardliners versus reformists. Most people know about um, and how, like how how publicly is be because you know it's really weak foreign policy for you to show division to your enemies. You know what I mean? Like uh, United States, for example, a lot of times is people who follow United States politics. I understand a lot of people say like, "Oh, okay, we fight internally, yeah, Republican versus Democrat." But a lot of people call for like at least we're, when we're dealing with other countries. We need to show a united front because, like, we have this. There's this philosophy that you don't show division uh, to your enemies, right? And now, when when Khamenei comes out and basically contradicts his own for like the country's foreign minister, this is like a weak position th that he's being advertised, right? But this was done intentionally, apparently. Um, there are unintentional advertisement of division between more powerful elements in uh, Iran's government, um, and. So, so, you know, the Iran's intelligence agencies, there's two of them, okay? Um, there's one, which was the Ministry of Intelligence, which was this Alavi was ahead of, right? Um, and then there is one under IRGC, okay? And so imagine, like, you have the CIA and an ideal, more ideological CIA. I mean, they're both very ideological, but... Imagine one being even more ideological than the other one, right? Um, and to a lot of people, Iran's intelligence agency, even the one under the presidency, it's a little bit more independent from the presidency than the rest of 
the president's cabinet and whatever picks and stuff, right? Because it's such as it's such a important, like in, intelligence agencies are the, some of the most powerful, um, you know, they're the centers of power in the, inside every government, right? They are um, they're okay. So, but it what what. The part of the speech that wasn't being highlighted. So Alavi came out and, and on live TV, and he said that yeah, we, Iran might be forced to consider a nuclear uh, uh, weapon, right? And that was that sh that was huge revelation, right? Um, but that, as much as that is a that was a big news for external audiences from Iran, internally in that same speech, he said something that internally it got more attention than the than even the part that he said talked about having getting a nuclear room because it, a lot of people inside Iran um assume that the government is wants a nuclear weapon anyway right um, what, what did he say internally so he said that Fakhrizadeh's assassination okay that they knew about it um and they knew it was going to happen, and they even knew the location of when it's going to happen five days ahead of time. He said this? He said that. Uh, and he said that they, the reason why they couldn't, but he didn't, he said they didn't know what time it's going to happen. They just know they knew the location, which when a lot of people are like, well, if you knew the location, why did you even let him go there? Right. But he said that. They communicated this information to the armed forces, and he specifically used like armed forces instead of naming the 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 entity. And I okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. And he said that, but they didn't take it seriously, and they didn't follow up on it, and that's why Fakhri said, unfortunately, died. This is uh, this is very significant because it shows, first of all, such weakness, right? Such it's like those, those reality shows, like I don't know what is it, Jersey Shore or something, where like they're all there's all this infighting and stuff going on inside the house, right? Because the yeah. because the assumption is that the armed forces that he's not mentioning is the IRGC. Okay, so this is again a struggle between two separate intelligence agencies inside iran and this the the war between them that a lot of people assume like the the image that you want to send to the world is that our intelligence agencies work with each other they're united they share information with each other but they're not they're in conflict with each other and they have different agendas and this guy comes on national and this was something that people assumed but this guy comes and broadcasts this information this division to the country on, on live tv okay um that was very significant to because a lot of Iranians said that that had this assumption, they're like now they're saying it like they're they're saying the quiet part out loud, right? Uh, that there's a conflict between them, right? The well, specifically, is, this one guy is. Not yeah, well, I mean, the head of yeah, the head of their yeah, no, the head made, of intelligence. He's, he's saying the head of the one of the intelligence agencies is saying that we shared this information well, with the assuming like he didn't name them, no but no wonder the biden administration is taking its time right i mean they're you're seeing okay there's a country their intelligence you know their two intelligence things are in conflict with each other 
they're desperate. They're flailing around. They're saying that, okay, we'll build a nuclear weapon. They're saying that they knew that this guy was going to be assassinated and they still couldn't stop it. Right. They're top nuclear They could not stop it. They knew the location. They couldn't stop it. There's, I mean, this is weakness. They shot down their own plane. They barely retaliated when t- two of their heroes were, yeah. were assassinated by foreign powers. This is weakness upon weakness upon weakness upon weakness. Right, like this, the struggle between the two intelligence agencies, the, the fight is so much that they met, the, the consequences of that is that you knew that your head of the, your top scientist, nuclear scientist, was about to be assassinated and you still <laughs> didn't manage to stop it. Like, that is huge, right? So, but, um, I mean, it's I, I, no wonder that, I mean, this is stunning to me. This is no wonder they're so cavalier. So, let me, let me just talk about how. It's not just about what Biden said, right? but it's about how he did it. So he's CBS News is interviewing him. It's Nora O'Donnell. Okay? And she asks him, quote, will the U.S. lift sanctions first in order to get Iran back to the negotiating table? End quote. Biden responded, no. Mm. That's it. Just one word in an interview. He's like, no. And then, then she asked, yeah, she said, will, well, do they have to stop enriching uranium first? And then Biden didn't even say anything. He just nodded. He's like, yeah. yeah. He didn't even say yes or anything. He's like, and that's it. That was his answer. That nod was being shared in Iran, but with the subtitles in Persia. And so like, like, like I, I know a lot of Americans were not paying attention to that, but that is like in it's, Iran, it's everyone's jaw is dropping because everybody like oh because everybody thought like secretly, you know, the Iran's administration, they kept on saying like there's no difference between even before Biden when they were saying we don't care who wins, Trump or Biden, our policy is the same, it's irrelevant to us. But everybody assumed that behind the scenes they're all like dancing and hope like so happy that Biden win. This is finally means that the sanctions will be removed. So that nod by Biden, people who are Iranians who are anti the government are like celebrating that, like they're laughing at the well, Islamic it's Republic. It's, it's, yeah, it's a it's, huge it's, middle it's, finger. One and thing they're loving it. His being old, I think the old, like he is very old school. Like he's been involved in foreign policy for 40 years. Yes, but I think he knows. He really knows how the game is played in a way that a lot of the, so the young types, the more idealistic types, didn't. I think he has a. He understands. Have a bit of a grasp on the reality of it. Biden has a long history dealing with that with the that region specifically. Yeah, I know. He was part of the. He used to go to like in Pakistan when they had the elections. He used to go and oversee them. And he was one of the senators, right? That used to go and oversee them. He's very intimately familiar with. The workings of that region, the little cultural things, even things like it, he knows exactly how those gestures, like just nodding and everything, how that's going to resonate with the public over there. It's yeah, a, and he really, understands the complexities, the nuances. I mean, my worry was like, is does he understand it? Like, I mean, he, he does, but given his old age, would he? Is he still the same man that he was? Well, this is but, where his old age is a bit of a plus because he yeah. he's still like an old. He's right. an old dude when it comes to he's a, he's very old school when it comes no, to but that. he has the experience. I mean, whether you yeah. agree with his position or you don't, he knows the complexities. Like that's the main difference between Biden and uh Trump. Right. Um, like these different moving parts, these different elements, the internal politics, not just in Iran, but also in Saudi Arabia and UAE in Bahrain. Biden understands these. Like Trump God, had the no way clue. he's playing Saudi Arabia is I'm stunned. 
so so you know yeah. since we last did that call i'm just going to say this really quick because we're probably going to have another episode on this but um Lujain Al-Hathlul has been released. She was expected to be released in March. Five-year sentence expected to be released in March. She's already been released this week. Um, he's uh, frozen arms sales to Saudi Arabia, and he has uh, withdrawn support for the U.S., uh, the war in Yemen. All three, I, I don't know what that means long-term, but it's kind of interesting. I'm just talking in the context of what we're seeing with Iran, that um, there, there's, it just seems like the U.S. suddenly has a whole bunch of leverage. A whole bunch of leverage over places and countries that they didn't really before, or they never used it before. And Iran is Iran is probably the top of the list for that. But listen, can I can I can I ask you? Slowly. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got a few minutes left. I want to make sure you get to you know you were saying that the uh, the internal split within the Biden administration, right, is happening. So yeah, if oh, you yeah. can get into that. Okay, and then I want to go back to the internal uh, split between the uh, between the hardliners. Okay, oh, so yeah. within within the uh, Biden's administration, we have um, so we have Anthony Blinken, who is the United States uh, now Secretary of State, and he's becoming he's also seeming to be very aggressively um, demanding more things from Iran's government um, before you know. Uh, before they do, they they move any any further, right? So he, that's the main person that you want to look at, right? However, so and also um, Biden's partners in the Senate, they are also very very anti. Um, they are the people in Senate, um, both um, you know Mendez and also Chuck Schumer. They didn't even vote for the first deal, right? So if you know, and Biden wants their partnership going forward, right? Um, However, if you look at the other side, some other picks, um, Joseph Burns, William Joseph Burns, um, the the new CIA head, he's like more negotiate, you know, open to negotiation. But the main person that you want to pay attention to is Biden's pick um, for the end for the special envoy to Iran. Um, that guy is uh, Rob uh, Mali, 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 Mali. I don't know how you say his last name, right? But that guy was very, very open to talking. I mean, he got in trouble years back for negotiating with Hamas, like being, but you know, and but his philosophy with um, Iran's government is also like, yeah, pro, like getting back into the deal. No, very anti-hawkish. Is that if, I don't know if you like right. So they are they want somebody like that really wants the deal to be for United States to just go back to the deal with no extra negotiations, no no new demands like that guy. And for for Biden to pick that person as their, you know. As a special that happened by the way before Biden came out and said, like, nope, we're not gonna go back in. So when that I don't know if it has been approved yet, but that's their pick right now. Okay. So you have to pay attention to that person, right? Um, because that was originally when Biden picked that guy, a lot of people from Iran's government saw this as a huge signal that everything is moving forward and the Biden administration is just gonna move right in to the deal and accept everything right 
go back in sanctions removed because that's what somebody like Rob Molly would want, right? Based on his history, based on his agenda, based on his role. I mean, the, the, these people that I'm mentioning, right? Uh, Molly and Burns, uh, they were part of the original, like these are people that were heavily involved in the first deal with, with Obama. And like a lot of people, a lot of Biden administration's pick right now uh, are people that were involved in creating the deal um, with the original deal under Biden, under Obama with uh, with Iran's government, and that was like their their flagship. I don't know their their the thing that that their whole what they're going to be known for forever. Like that was a huge accomplishment that just Trump just threw out. Uh, like, so you would think that all these people that Biden is picking, they would, they are heavily in favor of bringing back the deal. So those elements exist in Biden's administration. No, no but right? how, how do you know that those elements, like the people, because I mean, Biden is one of the people who was also involved in the deal, but wouldn't the people that negotiated the deal in 2015 know that, okay, now 2021 is different. And have a better right. sense of the kind of leverage that they have and that it's a different situation. Yeah, but a lot of people say, like, especially Mali, is, if you look at his philosophy and the things that he says in speeches, he seems to be very, <laughs> like... Capitulating. Yeah, like he's under, he seems like on their sides for sometimes, you know what I mean? Like even on Hamas side, apparently, you know, he's very anti-Israeli government, pro, like, anti-hawkish, anti, like, more very pro like not being aggressive like his his entire philosophy seems to be more uh you know again maybe he's like maybe he's different now but that's his history okay um so for biden administration to pick this guy a lot of people um seem that that was a huge win for the islamic republic right but again this is before biden openly came out and said that yeah they're not gonna go back to the deal unless iran does this this and that um so that was like a scary moment for a lot of people, but we'll see um, what's there are like there are especially people that Biden has in his administration that were involved in the original deal. A lot of people assume that they're going to push for um, um, moving back to the deal more easily. But there are also a lot of other elements that is pushing Biden the opposite direction, right? Both within his administration, from the Senate, and from United States allies. That's what it's like. So we don't, but again, this is happening really fast. Things might change, okay? Um, I do really want to talk about, really quickly go to uh, Iran's um, divide within Iran's uh, hardliners, not just yeah, with the government. Yeah, let's, just, that and let's end on it, and maybe we can have a, a sequel on this too as things unfold. Yeah, okay. Um, so we, we mentioned Alavi came out and said that, that, oh, by the way, yeah, Khamenei issued a fatwa, but we could, maybe we'll still need a, a nuclear weapon, even though uh, that is supposed to be haram, according to Khamenei. We don't know on how, what, what made him do say that. We don't know if he's like, he's just like, he, did he have Khamenei's blessing when he went on national TV and said that? Or he didn't, okay? Because if he didn't, then, like, this is like, if he did, that means Khamenei is, like, regretting what he said, and he's trying to test the waters to see if he could undo what he did. So that's significant. But if he didn't, that's also very significant. Because well, I mean, has like, anybody come out against him and contradicted him? Yeah. Has anybody else 
come and said yes. that oh Mahmoud Alavi should not have said that. And, yes, you know, yes. In a lot of even like Raifipur, for example, came out and tweeted, like, why is he saying this? He's this oh, is gonna have Raifipur, one of the hardliners, right? Okay. So they're like, this is what, gonna... what about Rouhani and Khamenei and those guys? Not yet. We're waiting to see any response to this. <laughs> That's like, I mean, I think everybody's dumbfounded. Like everybody's oh like, what? God. Like it wouldn't run everyone like what it was happening, right? But but it's people are drama. a lot yeah. a lot of hardliners are saying, why did he do this? This is gonna make it very difficult for us to negotiate anything. With anybody ever again, like this is going to have consequences for Iran for years. For it's like going back on the Iran deal. It's like you know you're going back. These guys, Trump went back on the thing, and okay. then these guys going back on the fight. But anyway, okay, yeah. But so that so that could be a conflict with Khamenei. It could or it could be not. It could be like Khamenei just making somebody say his word without him saying it. So we don't know that. There is definitely a conflict between them and IRGC. Um, one thing that I didn't even get the chance to is the Wall Street Journal came coming out and saying that the uh, inspectors have found like radioactive traces in places that the international inspectors were not even allowed. That's a major revelation that we didn't even get to uh, talk about today. Um, but again, going back to um, internal struggles, one thing else that is now becoming was always there a little bit, but now it's becoming more and more public is Mojtaba um, Khamenei. Um, that might, this might be its own live stream, okay? Mojtaba Khamenei is Ali Khamenei's son. And for years, it was assumed that Ali Khamenei is trying to make sure that he becomes the supreme leader after he dies. And now it seems like those assumptions are, were true that he's trying for it. And Within the hardliners, some a lot of them don't like that, okay? Um, but he, the moves that has been made behind the scenes in trying to make this man the next supreme leader after Khamenei um, is becoming more and more public, okay? So we had a WikiLeaks revelation a, a couple of years ago that showed that Mojtaba Khamenei, even though he's nowhere to be seen, he doesn't speak in public. Nobody knows his philosophy, his views is never, you know, he's nowhere. He's like behind the scenes. Like nobody, no, most Iranians don't even know he exists. Most Iranians, even if you're, many Iranians, again, not all of them, if you go to them and say Mushtaba Khamenei, they're like Mushtaba who? Um, but apparently he's a, he's a huge element in po Iran's politics, right? Apparently he is, he was involved with Iran um, arming the Taliban. He was involved in working with Qasem Soleimani in arming Shia elements in Iraq. Uh, apparently, he picks presidents in Iran because he's the one that decided to switch from Alibov to Ahmadinejad. Um, sorry, um, you know, uh, because of his uh, in regards to who is going to be president next. Apparently, you know, democracies are like elections be damned. Apparently, Mushtaba Khamenei decides who's the president. Um, apparently, Mushtaba Khamenei and apparently he picks who's the head of um, radio and television in Iran behind the scenes. And apparently, he's very hawkish when it comes to use use of military uh, in Iranian politics. Okay, um, and it seems like he's been um, being introduced to more more religious leaders in Iran to to 
uh, and more one one signal that more people understood that this guy is trying to be pushed forward as um as the next supreme leader was how fast how his process of him becoming uh, a much the head a major much the head was pushed forward um which is not a big small thing like i don't know if people understand what Ishtahad is and the gates of Ishtahad was supposed to be closed and now the gates of Ishtahad are open apparently again and Khomeini when the Islamic revolution in Iran happened Khomeini introduced um, some religious leaders being Mushtahad Mushtahad means like somebody that can do Ishtahad and Ishtahad means like you introduce new concepts in Islam and new ways of doing Islamic law and jurisprudence and that's something that was supposed to be closed and nobody gets to do that anymore. And they opened it. Uh, Khomeini also played around with it in his book, Velayat Fari, trying to bring up a new version of Islam, right? New version of not just Shia Islam, right? So Khomeini brought that back, but that was not something that he thought that he wanted people to be able to just... Uh, that was some, That is something that only a few managed... This is like... You level up as a religious leader. This is not something that you would get to that most people will be able to get to achieve. Like it should, you shouldn't even be able to count them on one hand, right? But apparently they're pushing Mushtaba Khamenei as a Mushtahid, and he's and he's being called as an Ayatollah um, in Rome by other people that know him. Like he's being referred to as an Ayatollah, which is like, how did this happen? Don't you have, have to earn that? Yeah, like this, the, the he's just like skipping through levels, right? The fact that this is being pushed, like people like he's becoming an ayatollah, it just seems very a, a huge signal um, to the world that this is the next supreme leader. But I don't know if IRGC approves that. I, the, he does have a lot of connections in IRGC. He did. Uh, a lot of people think that it was him that stole the election from the reformists. Um, with the help of IRGC in favor of like the the fraud elections that happened, was Mushtaba Khamenei is doing. So he's like he seems to be like a major power behind the scenes. Uh, and apparently Ali Khamenei's pick for again the, the reason why this is very significant is because one of the major um, you know demonizations of the Pahlavis of the monarchs before the Islamic revolution was that um, leadership should not be inherited, right? Leader, it's very funny this coming from Shias because that's what Sunni says. Yeah, that's what Sunni, <laughs> yeah, Sunni say against Shias like, hey, your imams are imams just because they're son of the next imam. Uh, and you guys are now saying the Velayat Faqih, how many comments are like, how the people should be able to pick their leaders? It shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be a dynasty. It shouldn't be based on inheriting it from your father. So it's this like, it's is like the caliphs more than the imams. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now, if Khamenei wants to pick his son for his the next supreme leader, people are like, "Hey, what happened to all of this? You guys saying the monarchs had it wrong because the son of the king become the next king." Um, so that that is a that is something that is happening behind the scenes. Um, I, I could talk about Mushtaba Khamenei for a long time. I don't want to, but I just want to let people know that the bigger struggle, the struggle between the hardliners and the reformists in Iran has been won. Hardliners won, reformists lost. Okay. The main struggle that we're not, we seem to be looking forward to now 
is the struggle between the hardliners and the hardliners. Uh, and that is going to be so interesting. So get your popcorns and, ready. And the it only was, guy that there's this lone presidential candidate that's running in June, the only guy who's running is also the military advisor to Khamenei, right? Directly? Who? The, the guy who's running for president. What's his name? Well, that, there's... The, okay, so there are a whole bunch of them, and I don't, I don't know how you're so certain about who's going to win. But that's what I was, well, I mean, what I was reading was that he's the only one who's actually contending, who's running properly. Hmm. Uh, but well, I don't know. Okay, so you yeah, see, well, you seem to know yeah. more about the chances like that. I, I, I have to look into that. But my, my understanding is that the hardliners are going to take over everything. That's currently the prediction. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen, right? Um, but yeah, so it, the, the elections to a lot of uh, people in Iran are, are now irrelevant because they think like it doesn't really matter who wins reformers or hardliners, the hardliners yeah. control everything. Let, let, let me just clear this up. Like, so yeah, this is the Guardian 11th, February 11th, 2021. Uh, it's saying the only declared candidate in Iran's presidential elections this June has accused Joe Biden of continuing Donald Trump's foreign policies, blah, 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 and that's Hussein Dagon. Who's a military advisor to the supreme leader Ali Khamenei? Um, so yeah. it seems like he's the only declared candidate who's running. Yeah, but that's gonna that can change soon. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I have to I have to look into the chances of who's gonna win. I, the chance like there are multiple candidates that people are discussing w whether they have a chance or not, uh, and all of them are hardliners. Right. Okay. There's one. There's there's a there's some other reformers that seem to be saying things that seems like they're going to also be joining the race, but many people think they don't have a chance. Uh, even even Hashemi Rafsanjani's daughter seems to be like flirting with it, which is like some people suggesting that, which is ridiculous. It's a woman that you know. But anyways, that's uh, that's another discussion for another day. Um, In your opinion, you're saying that Armin, a woman, should not be president of Iran. <laughs> That's what you're saying, Arvin? No, no, I'm saying it's ridiculous. Susanna, for... clip this. Do we want to cut this part out completely without context? I'm going to put it up on Twitter. Oh, oh, wait. We can't cancel Arvin on Twitter anymore. Yeah, Wait, I was going to say something about the election. I totally forgot. Maybe I should should bring that up later. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Forgot about that. Well, well yeah. I mean, let, let's wrap it up. I, we got to, we're, we're eight minutes over. So I, I just want to yeah. ask you, what's going to happen next? Is Biden going to make the first move? Is Iran going to make the first move? What What do you see happening with I this? have no idea right now. Okay. Things are predictions for fun. Oh, predictions for fun. Um, So Iran can't make the first move. Khamenei said, like, we're not. And when Khamenei says that, it's really hard to undo that. Even though the fatwa seems to be like, okay, so even though we kind of contradicted yeah, that today. Iran was also going to retaliate against Soleimani, right? But then they called them ahead of time and told them to get out of the way. So they just bombed like empty fields and didn't kill anybody. So, I know, but they so, say claim, they say claim that they did. So they yeah, can't but, like. So they can do things like that. They can make the first move without uh, making it uh, without saying that they made the first move. There's I think Biden, I think the Biden administration just might, might just like things as they are right now. Just like their strategy is going to be just containment. Like we're just going to you, you guys make the first move, and they're like, you know, you guys make the first move. And the Biden how, how do you contain without Biden, a deal? 
the whole point of the deal was to restrain and contain. Yeah, but they they by that mention like we're just gonna stay in this limbo for a while, maybe. And keep the sanctions on. Well, yeah, yeah keep the sanctions on. That's just like point. yeah, we're gonna maybe I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe the Biden's administration is like, Yeah, we're gonna go back to the deal once you guys uh, comply. Oh, you're not gonna comply. Well, we're just gonna stay here. And keep that might be on. that might be there. We might just be here for a while. I don't that might and the Biden administration might be okay with that for us to mm. be here for a while. Mm. I'm not again, I'm not sure the things if if something happens. Um, if you know, you don't know when the next crazy general or I or, or Ayatollah is going to come and say something, and it's going to change everything. But I think the current strategy is going to be like, we're good, we're good, we can wait, we can wait this out. <laughs> and, and does Iran build a weapon at that time during that time while that's happening? Iran is going to have to be like trying to cry out loud, so like try to like figure out how to make it seem to United States that. This is not going to, like, we're going to do something so bad. You, you guys cannot, like, just stay here. <laughs> well, so, so far, the only thing that's concerned and that's been confirmed is that they're, they're enriching small amounts of uranium, but they were allowed to do that under the deal. So, the assumption they were allowed by to the, do that under the no, deal. No, no, but not, not to this level. Not to this level. It's not uh, at that level, though. This is like the amount that they're doing, apparently. From what I'm seeing, is it's uh, pretty much within what the what the deal allowed anyway. So, well, no, actually, they're going to even before the deal. But anyways, um, okay. and also the whole radioactive stuff that they found in places that the inspectors are, are not right, even allowed right. that makes it a lot worse. But I think that the Iran's Iran's government's uh, assumption was by by doing this enriching and everything, they're going to pu push Biden's has to move in deal, uh, move in um even um faster to the deal but it did the opposite uh, and, and in fact it's making more of the people that used to pushing for the deal now turn against them which was the europeans like the europeans are even like before Biden administration it used to be like trump was aggressive against iran and the europeans were like hey let's play nice with them and now the europeans are even more aggressive against uh, the islamic republic you comp compared even to the Biden administration. So um, you lost the, the pretend friends that you even had before. Like they were, they, I think the Iran's government of, um, assumed like they turned Europe against the United States. They had no idea that, you know, I mean, they over, or they're over, they overestimated their power. They didn't understand like, you know, it was just Trump, United States and Europe, they're allies. You guys are just like the, you guys are outside of that circle. You you fight, you turn Europe against the United States. They're natural allies. You guys are the outsiders. That's not you. You overplayed your hand. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think that let's let's wrap it up there. Oh dear my God! There's so much we can go. I am so. I can I say I'm excited by this. Like excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 no, I I'm just excited. Like this entire region. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Trump is out of the headlines. Well, I mean, he's being yeah. impeached, but who cares? Like, I I could care less about that. I don't think it really matters that much. I haven't even been properly following it. But um, I think what's happening now. I think what's happening now in the Middle East, and I think what's happening in Iran, and what's happening in a lot of these areas. What's happening with China is more interesting now than than ever before. I, I think the sea change, there's like this amazing transformation happening in that region. Um, and I, I can't really, I really can't tell where it's going to go. I, I, I don't know yeah. where it's going to end up. 
I, so, I, all, all I can tell you is that if anybody tells you definitely that what's going to happen, they're full of crap. Okay? They're full of crap. They don't know. They're Nobody knows. Even if they ended up happening, it ended up being right after they have, if it happens, don't use that as an excuse to be like, oh, they got, they know what they're talking about. They got lucky. Okay. There's just too many moving parts right now. And a lot yeah. of the moving part is, uh, is happening behind the scenes. Okay. So it, it, I, you know, it, it, if you, if you're predicting things, um, you, you have to say, you have to become very, very, very skeptical about your predictions. You can, it's, it's still fun to predict, but remain very skeptical. There's so many moving things. A lot of it is not even visible. So, you know, no, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah cool. all right man okay thank you okay so this is i gotta say like you know we've done hundreds of episodes and there's the times when i think i'm like okay this is really this was this one was really really interesting and i i can tell in the past there's certain episodes that i really really enjoy i like the jerry coin one i remember i love that one and there's some that actually stand out um uh the tom holland one is another one that really stood out this is one of those i think that this is absolutely fascinating so i really really love this if any any of you are listening to this and you're not a patron you're listening to this on audio on your podcast app wherever um please do take a second to go to patreon.com sjme and if you can support us you can do it for as little as a dollar a month and you'll get like five episodes that you can watch live as they happen uh you can ask questions and you can participate um, as well, you in this episode, we didn't uh, let people ask questions because we ran out of time. But yeah, usually uh, we do. Yeah, a lot of. Should, we, lot should of we answer two questions? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you want to answer the last love bunny one. I mean, that's not really a question, but I'm pretty sure that you're going to want that. Oh yeah, Ar say, love bunny. Armin, Armin looks nice today. Heart. Yeah. <laughs> Thank oh, no, you. There you go. And he does. Um, he always looks nice. Man, let me just answer, let me just answer. One Let's question. Do it. Okay. Does, well, does this? Okay. Does, should I read it out? Yeah, you read it. You know, Shivo Das is saying, uh, "Does this decision of not continuing with the deal have anything to do with the assassination of Soleimani and the mishaps followed by a plane shot down, the protests?" And yeah, I think we talked about how that shows a kind of weakness, right? Yeah, I mean, not, not really. I've, not continuing with the deal by who? By the United States or by um, Iran? Neither. Yeah, I, I, I assumed it was the United States. Um, no, no. I just think that they just know that Iran is at a weak position. I mean, it contributed to showing how weak and pathetic Iran's government is right now. So yeah, that's maybe, maybe it, it did help a little bit. Yeah. Uh, wait, are you saying if you corner... Oh, that's so, so, right. sorry. This is Alex of Oz. He's asking the question. Wait, are you saying that if you that quote if you corner a cat might do something different from when it's running free is announcing that Iran is going to build a nuclear weapon? Uh, well, they're saying that, aren't they? They're the ones saying that. Mahmoud Alabi yeah. is saying that that if you corner a cat, that he's basically saying, "Hey guys, we're a cat, okay? A cat, another term for cat. This is not a cuss word. Is pussy. Anyway, so." They're saying that you know we are basically <laughs> a cat, and uh, if you corner us, you know what we said in the past that we would do is that we will never build nuclear weapons because it's haram, yeah. it's a fatwa. But if you corner us, then we might do something different. No, he said, he said it, it won't be our fault, and it it's not. It won't be our fault because we're forced in that position. So if you're forced in the position, it's not like he's trying to come up with a way to like if it's haram, it's not haram if you're forced. It's not our fault; it's their fault. 
Yeah. Okay, so the last question, Susanna is saying, do you think how many seconds are going to choose the next president this time too? Uh, I don't know. Susanna is really, really tuned into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, again, I have no idea. I think Khamenei and his son, uh, Ali and Mushtaba sit together and they just pick what happens and they try to make it so that pretend, it's a pretend democracy. It's a fake democracy. Um, somebody else is making those decisions. Um, cool, cool, cool. Anyways, yeah. we're going to go. Um, oh, yeah. And don't let anybody tell you like, oh, well, they at least have the, a democracy. OK, that what that's what makes dic a dictatorship, a, dicta a dictatorship that has a fake democracy is a more lasting one. OK, so do not let people like Kyle Kolinsky or others say like, well, they have a democracy. It's people's choice. It's not the people's choice. OK, Kyle Kolinsky said that they have Iran has a democracy. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, these are the people chose their president, and that's what they like. like well, no. What's amazing is they have incredible turnout. Iran has incredible turnout every time there's an election. So. Oh, that's what I was going to say about this election. The, this election, the reason that a lot of people also think that the hardliners are going to just walk, like, it's an obvious win for them, is because the people used to have hope in the reformists, right? That's why they voted for them. This time, they're going to set this one up because they're like, screw the reformists and screw the hardliners. So the only people that are going to go vote, I mean, not the only, the main people that are going to go vote are going to be the hardliners who are in with the government. Um, the reformers have no... Um, and that's why a lot of people think that every time close to the election, uh, the hardliners let the reformers run their mouth and become very anti-government um, with their speech uh, openly. Uh, because they want people to come to vote. They, it's a false hope. Like the reformers are the false hope that the people have to go show that the election turnout is high, right? So every time it gets closer to election, you see a lot of reformers come out and say so many anti-government things that you that it seems like they shouldn't be able to get away with saying, right? They're like, why is why are why is nobody arresting this person? It's because the hardliners are loosening loosening the their grip so that they give people some hope and they come and vote for the reformers because so yeah that's what it anyways let's end this here and uh, guys if you don't want to support us financially if you can't afford it or everything just leave us a review on itunes okay do that and subscribe to our youtube videos this youtube channel you're muted you're talking yeah i was gonna say smash that subscribe button oh yeah and totally like assault the bell the notification bell don't ask for consent abuse abuse consent. Abuse. Yeah, just forget about that. Just go and just this is what you're supposed to say on YouTube. So there you go. Everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Uh hashtag be best as always. And, be best. Uh, be best, everyone. Be best. We're never like gonna we're never gonna let go. Yeah, that's a thing. That's, that's, that's the best thing we got from the Trump administration. Be best. Be best. By, by the way, before we go, did you know the actually I'll tell you this afterwards. Okay. Okay, guys. The everybody. jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends. Write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions. Or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time. May the flying spaghetti monster be with you.